The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. I started to question myself if I was launching Lucha Underground and I had accidentally flipped over to Cinemax. Not a whole lot of faces shown as far when it comes to Brenda, so. <laughs> yeah. You're you're spot on there, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> this is the house that AJ Styles built. Uh, you know, like Nakamura, he's just such a great star. It doesn't matter what you do with him. People are going to cheer for him. Did you feel the gloriousness? Did you feel it? Bobby Roode. Did his job. This is insane how great they are. Well, I think the authors of Pain are young prodigies. That's how good we are representing Bullet Club. This is what we do. Super Kid Party! I mean, you, you, you debuted on, on Bound for Glory Sunday and uh, uh, Family of OVE. How did the. Uh... Yeah, Family. And then How's your family, Josh? Well, thank you. Are they uh, good? Are they going to come? Uh, yeah. Do they want to fight us? No, no, they don't want to fight you guys. Is your uh, family watching? Hi, Josh's family. <laughs> Hi, Josh's Hi. family. How you doing? How you doing? Do you want to see him interview us? Ask us some questions for your family, this Josh. This is a little uncomfortable. Um, good. Uh, good. Let's talk about 5150. Let's talk about the street fight. Let's talk about you... Was the homicide that you took out in the locker room Sunday night? Did you watch your own product? Yes, he was laying underneath the flag. Yes, it was homicide. So that was the game plan, take out homicide. Why are you being so mean to him? Do you know I had one homicide one time and split him open in Philadelphia? He's being so mean. What do you think we'll do if we get the ring if we get on national television? Okay, Josh? Yeah, 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 that's okay. You want to give me a kiss? No, 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 we're good. Are you sure? Yeah, I think we're good. You're looking at me like you want to kiss me. Do you want to give me a kiss? No, this is, uh, this has gotten uncomfortable. Bye. Bye, guys. OVE and uh, Sammy Kellen. Ladies and gentlemen, wrestling to the back. And your host, Gary Vaughn, Sean Garmer. And Paul Leeser. Welcome, everyone, to Wrestling to the Max, episode 272, part two. And we are brought to you by W2Mnet.com, the place where you go find all your great wrestling needs and a lot more in the world of wrestling. And don't forget to go hit that subscribe button. Rate and review whenever you want to go find Wrestling to the Max. That's right, wherever you get your podcast from. Maybe it's iTunes, iHeartRadio, heck, even YouTube. Just go hit that subscribe button. We definitely appreciate it. Hey, and make sure you give some love over to 411mania.com and lastwordonprowrestling.com. Both are awesome sites, and they do us uh, uh, some great news and support. You know, they really do help us out, so we appreciate them. Excuse me. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much all the big plugs, but I am your host, Gary Vaughn, and along with me is Mr. Paul Leeser. Heyo. 
And tonight we are not with Sean. He is off tonight. Uh, you know, he's got some personal stuff he's dealing with. Uh, I know his car's been giving him some trouble and some other things in life, keeping him busy. So we're not going to bug him, uh, you know. So, Sean, please, you're hearing this right now, man. Uh, you know, get things taken care of. And uh, we're really, you know, wishing for the best for you. I hate to hear the car stuff, man, because I'm dealing with a few car things. Luckily, the car is working, but... You know, I'm like, man, I got to put new brakes on. I've got to work mm-hmm. on the front end. Uh, you know, and they keep saying, "Oh, don't worry, it's only like you know, a handful of money." <laughs> like, yeah, maybe I should work on it myself. So, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah and then that costs money. Still, I got to buy the parts. So I'm like, yeah. So Sean, I feel you, bro. Well, me and you are dealing with this kind of similar stuff here. So, uh, on and on we go with life, though, right, Paul? I mean, we just got to move through it. So. Yeah, you show right, man. I'm doing. Yes. Uh, I'm still under the weather, so if uh, I sound less than optimal, uh, I blame colds. <laughs> you know, it's funny that the, you know colds are in a way undefeated, right? <laughs> they they just basically pin you for a while, get up from the pin, move on to the next opponent. You know, you really never defeat them. You just kind of deal with them until they decide to leave. Yeah, so until they're done squashing you. Yeah. So. Sorry about that, Paul. Hopefully you do feel better. Um, you know, I know how that feels to be in sick and all that stuff. You know, when it comes to trying to do a podcast, just you know, several times I'm sure our listeners are like, "Good God, Garrett, we remember those terrible nights where you're going, oh, everybody." So I try not to do that too much, but hey, we all try to be a trooper, and Paul's being a trooper tonight and doing the show, even though he's sick. So. Uh, but yeah, we've got lots of stuff to talk about, everyone. We're really, you know, excited about the show tonight. We've got a ton of quick hits to talk about. They're not really giant quick hits, but there's little pieces of news that build up to a lot. And trust me, they flow very well. Uh, trust me, there's just so much to get into. So we're going to talk quick hits. Plus, we're also going to be getting into this week's Impact Wrestling taping. Uh, because it is the go, uh, the fallout of all that stuff at Bound for Glory. So I'm really looking forward to talking about Yeah, no, but I'm still looking forward to talking. Here, let me be honest. I'm looking forward to talking about it. I really, really am. I know a lot of people are like, really? But I'm, I do want to talk about the future of Impact and based on what we saw on this taping. So there's lots of discussion here. Trust me, people. It's not going to be all like we hate everything. It, it, it may be 75% that, but... Part of it won't be, so. Uh, <laughs> at least we're hoping so. Yeah. Uh, and also, uh, Superstar of the Week. So we've got a full show ahead of us. Uh, but before we jump into all that, we've got to talk this Ric Flair 30 for 30. I have to say, Paul, uh, I got a chance to watch it. And, and I'll let me give you a quick story, too. I recorded it late. I <laughs> didn't watch it live. and I don't watch any TV live. I'm sorry. I don't care. You know, I, I, if, you, if you're not sports, I don't watch you live. So... I didn't watch it live. I recorded it late because I had a bunch of other shows to DVR that night. I thought I could push it off, you know, a little while. Mm-hmm. And I turned on my DVR, and it is completely full of uh, not Ric Flair. Uh, that that <laughs> was, it, it was some horse race or something. I don't even know. ESPN, f you, because you screwed me over. I, I trusted you in your scheduling, so. I am so glad that they had the watch ESPN app because I was able to get on there and watch it on my leisure. But if it wasn't for that, I would have been screwed. I'd been like sitting here like, Paul, I watched it like five minutes ago. Let's do the podcast. So <laughs> um, thank God that didn't happen. But yeah, I mean, I, I really did enjoy it. I was so glad I did watch it on the watch ESPN app because I had to do all the extended commercials and all that. And it was really nice. It was kind of a, 
a, a fun journey for me to kind of watch this guy that I've not only idolized. I've always enjoyed Ric Flair. Never was a giant, you know, mark for him though. I think he's a great wrestler, and I enjoyed his persona. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, nonetheless, I, I sat there the entire time, just kind of trying to figure out why he is who he is and all that. And they really showcase that very well. And you just have this guy, from what I got from him, as a tortured soul, a guy that had a lot of problems, you know, maybe mentally and things like that growing up because of his family situation and being adopted. I'm sure it didn't help either and little things like that. So I, I think it's really interesting to follow his path through his career to where he had to go. There were some really deep valleys and all that stuff. So I'm really curious what you think. It was, it was a great watch, though. Uh, so I'm a I'm a huge fan of ESPN's Thirty for Thirty series. I haven't really watched one that said, "Man, that was just a waste of time" or anything like that. They've all <laughs> either been good to stupendous. Uh, and, and my favorite thing about them is that even though these are sports stories, is that there's usually always some underlying tale of them trying to tell you. Uh, I don't want to say life lessons, but you know, certain things that are relatable. Um, one of my favorite 30 for 30s is um, the one about the Boston Red Sox coming down 4-1 to beat the Yankees, or 3-1, excuse me, to beat the Yankees and go on to win the World Series. It's just like this great underdog story. This is very much sort of like a warning about fame and what it can do to you because uh, I, I know by the time at least I got into wrestling, and, and I believe you as well, Gary, I don't want to speak for you too much, but we were certainly past Ric Flair's prime, right? Uh Mm-hmm. Ric Flair was de- like the king of the 80s and and well into the early 90s, I think some would argue as well. Uh, but come around like 97, 98 going on through the rest of his career is very much just, I, it's not sad Ric Flair, but it's definitely a Ric Flair who is not what he used to be. And I think this chronicles, one, the, uh, the rise of the wrestling uh, scene during the 80s very well and how just excessive uh, a lot of it got. Uh, during that time frame, which is just basically the 80s in a nutshell. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. uh, I, I just um, watching Rick talk about all the stuff he went through and all the things he did during that time that outside of the ring were just and say it, it's rock star levels of bad. You know, you hear all these great stories and, and you're like, man, that's really cool. But I, I mean, he, he even says it himself. He's surprised he lived to this day, Gary. Yeah, especially after you know you had Jim Ross talking about how many kamikazes he ordered, like 130, yeah. some <laughs> some crazy amount of kamikazes. I mean, I'm telling you, you know, I'm not a heavy drinker, mm-hmm. um, but I you know I do partake, and I think you know four kamikazes may make me start to not consume anything else, right? <laughs> right. Um, so I mean at that I mean I have I remember one time I had just had a couple and I was like whoa I, I should have not done that um, so I mean basically this guy is, you know spent a lot of time in the party scene he didn't buy all those drinks for himself but he was obviously trying to keep everyone in the room with him and keep them happy enough to stay in the party that he created. And I think that was most of his life. And I think the wrestling business, because he was so athletic and he has so much charisma, mm-hmm. he kept 
all that stuff in line, the wrestling was the easy part. I, I think the party scene was a harder part for him because he put a lot and invested a lot into being the man to yeah. portraying that guy that he did on TV and in the ring and all that stuff. He really wanted that to come out true, and he lived it like his wife, his first wife, has said. I mean, he became Ric Flair. You know, he was no longer the the, the man that she had married, and that's uh, a lot of. Sh- uh, it's a lot of uh, interesting information here because of the fact that you kind of see that this guy covered up who he really was because he was unhappy with himself, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I really never thought about that. I, I ain't sure you can kind of get pieces of that by learning about Ric Flair, but you really never got the full gist of that till I watched this, and you really understood. He really does not like that guy. He doesn't want to be that guy. He doesn't want to be around that guy. Mm-hmm. And that guy, the reason it is because that guy hurts, I think. And so I'm sorry, I'm getting all psychological, but it's just so cool to understand why Ric Flair is like he is. And he was kind of, and this is one thing, I'm kind of surprised that there's not going to be any heat, or maybe Ric Flair just knows that's the truth. But you have Triple H actually on this, and he basically says, I mean, Ric Flair is a consummate liar. Mm-hmm. And just honestly, and it's very honest with that. And Several times during this 30 for 30, I thought to myself, oh, Rick says that, but is that true? Like, mm-hmm. you know, I get it. You want to maybe tell everybody you slept with 10,000 women, but did he really? You know what I mean? It, it, it brings up those <laughs> – I mean, I, I get it. Yes, he probably slept with – I mean, he, I, a thousand I could understand, but 10 that, – that's a big number. And maybe he did. I'm not – was never there. But that's a lot of people that's – it just it's a, it's an influctuated number. So, who's to know? I'm not to judge. I'm just questioning. So, I, I think there's lots of great things a part of this. It's a sad. I, like I put on my Facebook, I said it's a tragic story about a great career. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. And, I mean, the personal stuff. Too, when especially when he starts talking about his kids and they they get into read and all that, which is just heartbreaking to watch. I mean, it, you could tell. I think that still haunts them to this very day. I mean, I'm sure as it does any parent that sees their child die young, but it was, it's awful. Absolutely awful. Yeah, and I think Rick understands, too, that, you know, that whole thing with Reed was basically him just telling Reed, you're okay, don't worry about it. We'll get over this. You know, oh, well, you know, that they say you're doing drugs. I'm not, let's just not believe that. Let's just keep telling herself it's a lie and he just ignored a lot of the things that he did want to see he didn't want to see his son a drug addict he didn't want to see his son in a situation where he wasn't successful mm-hmm. so that caused more problems and i think he understands that now later in life and that's sad because it's too late just like the time with his kids it's too late to get back and you know it's always interesting to me because you know we have you know all these kids involved in here. Even David Flair, who, my God, doesn't look like David Flair. Right? Oh my God, what the heck happened? Uh, but you know, you have all those kids. But you know, the one I think a lot of people pay attention to is Ashley Flair, which is Charlotte, yes. Charlotte Flair. And uh, I think what's interesting, even in this thirty for thirty, she says that her wrestling career is not about even about Rick. It's about her brother, which we all know that by interviews but mm-hmm. it's it still if you never knew that that's she comes out and says it again it's not about her dad like her legendary dad a guy a 16 time world champion a guy that's done everything under the sun in the business of wrestling and she is tributing her wrestling career to her brother who had very minimal success in the wrestling world so mm-hmm. it shows you right there that there is some disconnect with him and his kids to an extent even though she loves her dad it's not about him 
So it, it's a it's a story that I think if you have not watched, you need to go watch this thirty for thirty. It's great. Like Paul said, none of these thirty for thirties are bad. They're all great. I, I love the one that they did over the the uh, strike year for the NFL. That was really interesting. Mm-hmm. So I mean, they they do lots of great ones, but. I, I think once again a great watch. Something that I think you know you don't have to be a wrestling fan to enjoy. You really don't. It's just an interesting story. So, um, but yeah, I mean, is there anything else you wanted to mention about it? I didn't want to just cut you off or cut no. you too short here. No, no, just so. uh, I mean, go watch it. it it's terrific. Uh, and just watch most of the thirty for thirties. They're great too. Mm-hmm. For sure, that is true, true, true. Alrighty, well, we are going to jump into some wrestling news next. So hold your hats. We are doing quick hits. It's time for Wrestling News. Quick hits. Go for it, Gary. All right, let's start this thing off with the rumor mill. Uh, I know, we like to do that a lot lately. It's kind of funny. It seems like every time I start one of these things, it's always like, there's a rumor. Let's pay attention. What's going on? Well, that's what you know. sometimes happens in the world of wrestling. that is how wrestling news works. <laughs> yeah, I know. I just feel like I'm saying it way too often. So instead of quick hits, rumor hits. <laughs> anyway, uh, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens had to come home early from their European tour, and there's some speculation. It wasn't because of any emergency, family stuff. It was just because the company decided to send him home. And the big part about this is there's a lot of talk about the fact that they may have been going into business for themselves. We just saw that SmackDown match between Kofi Kingston and Sami Zayn. And the fact that they wanted the New Day to stand tall and beat down Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn following that match. But that's not what Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens had in mind. They rolled out of the ring and walked away which was not in the script that was not what wb wanted to show and so they really are not happy with these guys doing that type of act and you know not following along with the script Mm -hmm. so they sent him home early and i mean once again it's rumor but this is interesting paul now we also have to note that there's been a lot of changes in wwe and there's people leaving uh we have neville leave and we also had jimmy jacobs fired and both of those guys are really good friends with Sammy uh, Sami Zayn and kevin owens so do you think it's part of that what do you think's going on with these guys uh unfortunately all the things that are being reported aren't consistent uh which is usually something i look for going through news and if it's consistent i'm usually more willing to say this is probably at least 70 percent correct right i mean you can never know for sure in wrestling uh which is where the earlier comments were about i think it'd be hard to say that i think a lot of the guys who are big on the independence are having some trouble or, or you know don't have any trouble transferring over to wwe i think you see it often uh i mean it's three quarters of the reason why i think nxt is the way it is uh I would tend to believe the earlier part uh, because Kevin Owens and especially Sammy have been sort of, I don't want to say forgotten, but they've definitely, excuse me, not been featured very prominently on cards, right? Uh, and you could argue Kevin to a certain degree, right? He had the U.S. title run and all that in the feud with AJ and everything. Sammy's sort of been, I guess, just left to the outside. And I don't know if they decided that pairing them up and going forward like this would be best uh, for themselves, which I'm sure they did. It's a great story, but 
I, I mean, when you put two friends like this together and they're sort of, I guess, either feel comfortable enough or willing to, to go out and do this, I think it just says something about where they want to be on the card. I'm sure they're unhappy that their friends are leaving the company and you hear, you know, it's not exactly roses in the WWE locker room from all the stuff we're hearing right now, right? People leaving, people getting upset with with pay and, and tons of other stuff that were like, we, we can just go back to the Indies and do much better and be happy. <sighs> Owens and Zane, however, seem like professionals to me. Like a hundred percent of the time, whether they're pissed off or not, I don't know how much of this is believable, but they obviously got sent home for something. And most of the stuff does point to them going into business for themselves, quote unquote. So there's gotta be there's gotta be more to the story. I just this seems out of character for them, you know. It really does, and you're right. They are very professional, and you know you've seen Kevin Owens in some of his interviews, and you know different things that you kind of follow him with. And the guy is a family man. You know he loves his family. He's going to take care of them. He does. I bet you know a, a lot of the things he, he does to make his family proud and happy and. I think, sure, you know, he's got to make the calls that, you know, make him happy in his own career. But on on the other side, you know that he is watching out for, you know, his best interest and his family's best interest. So I don't see him totally trying to screw up his thing with WWE just so he can go hop back on the indie circuit and and make money, you know, week to week or however he's going to do it next. And I I think that, you know, that's going to come into a lot of play. Sami Zayn also doesn't seem like a guy to make knee-jerk reactions like that. He seems like he's a more methodical guy, too. So I, I think maybe they did do something that affected, you know, the morale uh, of the people above them working, mm-hmm. whether it be Vince McMahon or the agents that are in charge on that tour or whoever is in charge, may have just thought, that's not cool. Y'all just get out of here. Y'all, y'all can go home. You know, something like that. Who knows? But I, what I do know is I think there is, some, like you said, some truth to this. I think really these guys know, hey, if we don't stand up for ourselves, they're going to walk all over us. So let's let them know right now we're not thrilled. We're not happy. Maybe they can get the picture before it gets too bad. And maybe they'll be more willing to work with us if they can see that we're not happy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, and, and do you think, I mean, because you just mentioned it, there's lots of different, you know, situations in the locker room, if I can say it that way. You know, it's, some of it is pay, like you're saying. Some of it's status. Some of it's just, you know, why haven't I not even got to be on TV in three weeks? You know, those kind of things happen. Well, They've got to work through all this, but with all the chaos, you don't need some of your bigger talent, your your top guys, to be in that same realm too. And you want them to be examples of the rest of the roster. Well, you got a guy like Kevin Owens who's you know been in a, a top spot. You don't want that to be the case either. So that's probably another reason they sent him home for an example. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I agree with you entirely, and and. I think the official word from WWE was like content unbecoming of its workers or something like that. So it could be any number of other things that they maybe did backstage or something like that too. All right, very true. Maybe they just told Vince, uh, you know, he he looked a little light in the arms or something <laughs> like that. And, what are you kidding? I'm a muscle man. I, I, whatever. You're get out of here. Go home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go home. So. 
Uh, you know, it's interesting. We'll, we'll continue to follow this kind of story because we've got so many other guys, you know, like we talked about, you know, considering leaving the company or making those kind of decisions. And I just recently listened to Austin Aries on the Jericho podcast, and it was kind of kind of funny to hear him kind of deny all the rumors that we had talked about on this show several times about him not happy with you know not being on the wrestlemania dvd you know not happy with this and that and so he decided to you know ask for his release and he, he kind of just kind of pushed all that away and says no 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 it was all me and wb or we're best friends we love each other it just ended up they just didn't need me right now and i was like man i i, I it makes me wonder if you're just on this show to do a podcast that you know very well known and, and get your book out there mm-hmm. <laughs> because i was like man how could that not all i don't know i you know i, I gotta trust austin aries or whatever he wants to say but it just it makes you wonder how much of that really is true you know yeah I mean, so twitter definitely says something differently <laughs> yeah and, and he even <laughs> talks about his tweets and makes them out to be like oh i was you know that's that's a work that's a me kidding around so whatever it's, you say, buddy. Yeah, exactly. Whatever <laughs> you say. And that's the way I feel about this though. Yeah. I brought up the Austin Aries thing because of this. And we'll probably never know. I'm sure they'll say, Oh, well, you know, they did A, B, and C, you know, which was little bitty tiny things and really it was, you know, something completely different. So mm-hmm. we'll never probably really know. Uh and, until the shoot interviews come out. So uh, let's go ahead and talk about something else that's going on with WWE. They have announced the fifth member of the Men's Survivor Series team for SmackDown. Apparently, Shane McMahon has decided it will be John Cena. What do you think about that one, Paul? Uh, there were a lot of reports going around for a while saying that it might be Cena guest refereeing the, the world title versus universal title match. Uh, that has apparently since flown out the window. And uh, we got Cena on Team SmackDown, which I, he's a free agent. Like, how did this happen? I, I'm really kind of, I'm almost kind of mad that they just, oh, uh, it's here on .com. Here's Cena. He's on Blue Team. Let's move on. Like, there's a story to tell here. Let us, let's dive in, you know? It really is agitating. I'm not going to lie. I really didn't like to hear this news. Not because of John Cena. Mm-hmm. I think John Cena is a fine fit if it wasn't for what you just said, a free agent. A free agent means that this guy floats back and forth. Is it really in his best interest to choose a side? Right. No, because if you think about this, I mean, why would Monday Night Raw ever want him back? Mm-hmm. If he's going to choose SmackDown, why do they want to have him back? You sure he's John Cena, whatever, but he's obviously trying to destroy your brand. So, I mean, I, it just blows my mind why they would act like that. I, I kind of wish it was something where Vince or someone else decided that it had to be John Cena and didn't give Shane a choice or something like that compared to Shane's like, oh, I know. I, uh, John Cena, and not only that, when they're a free agent, do they even have a contract? I, 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 no, I'm talking, I'm talking kayfabe or not kayfabe. Right, right. I, I'm talking about in story. Do they have a contract? What do they say? Oh, uh, Kurt Angle offered you this much money. I'm going to pay you more to come do this. You know that we don't even have that kind of stuff. So it just, uh, it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I, yeah. I know I'm being weird about this, Paul. It, it just does not fit. I think it would. If he was a full-time SmackDown guy. Maybe this is the the bad side of having a guy like that be a free agent. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, that's what bugs me, too, is that as far as the canon you have built up so far this year for the WWE, this doesn't really make sense. 
And it doesn't even have to be a big thing. Like, you could have left both spots open on the Survivor Series team all the way up to the last week uh, for the go-homes and have it be like a bidding war for Cena. SmackDown just happened to win out, and Raw has to fill out, and that's when Kurt Angle would have put Jason Jordan on there or something like that, you know? So, I, I don't know. I felt like there was a better way to do this. But either way, you have Cena on the blue team, uh, which I think probably swings things in a direction where you can probably guess who's going to win. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it could definitely swing things, but I you know you got Braun Strowman and, and Samoa Joe. Man, I still love my chances with those guys. Yeah. So it's going to be kind of a fun ride to kind of see how this all shakes out. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and you know what we also have going on here. Uh, besides, you know, John Cena joining up on SmackDown, we also got on Two Hundred Five Live a possible new member of that roster, and that could be Hideo Itami. Yeah, there's. Uh, this has been a long-held rumor. Uh, I, I guess since almost the end of last year. But uh, obviously you have all the contract outs and everything like that, and these are starting to heat up again that he might be 205 live bound, and it could be happening very soon, which I, I, does this, I don't know if this makes people want to watch 205 or anything like that, but as far as the story goes of like maybe just trying to get the belt off of Enzo and sending in a Tommy to murder him, I could kind of get behind that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> I think anybody's game for that, right? Mm-hmm. Oh man! I, I, you know what? I mean, it, it to me, it fits. It works. Hideo Itami's not doing anything on NXT. I mean, so why not get him onto the main roster if that's what their goal is eventually? And why not? Well, hey, why not do it? Just go ahead and put him in place. And I mean, you got a guy that's super athletic, has got a lot of talent, and I think would fit just right in with the rest of the group and. To me, the 205 Live, or what do you want to call it, the Cruiserweights, that's their best option to me, is to load it with super great talent. Give them guys that just really can blow you out of the water to make people want to watch that show. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's great when you have guys that, you know, they're fun. You know, you got Drew Gulak, who actually has a character that you may want to tune in for. You have a few other guys that are kind of fun, you know, but... Really, you got to have some guys on there that people are like, oh, man, I've got to see this guy again. I want to watch him again. Not, well, I've seen him once. I've seen him, you know, twice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I don't know. It, it's just, I love the idea of bigger names, guys with super big talent coming in and helping that roster. I, I, I like it, too. And I'm not saying that's not a bad thing. It's just, the, I, I feel like the way they've booked 205 Live and really just sort of let them the way they sort of perform, uh, not really letting them go out and try to have these great matches all the time is, is almost hurting it. Uh, cause, I mean, that's why people want to watch the show. I mean, characters are great, and you certainly do need to build those, but I, I, if you have some of the best action on WWE TV every week, you're going to get people to watch. And while sometimes they do, it's not always a great statement because Raw and SmackDown can sure put on some, some stinkers as far as wrestling action goes. <laughs> you're not lying that is the truth uh, you know uh, it's one of those things where you kind of have to have that yin and yang and I understand that and, and you know really it's been a tough row for Hideo Itami just yeah. in general true. this guy is, can't get he can't get away from being injured he then comes into NXT and then they've already filled out the roster they don't need him 
Mm-hmm. And not to be ugly or to be, you know, a jerk, but they've moved past him. They're done, really, with the whole Hideo Itami project. They've tried twice. Injuries took him away, so I think they felt like, well, we'll just throw him on the main roster when they want him, and apparently now they're considering it. So I just want to know, you know, how this is going to shake out, because Hideo Itami, like I said, great talent, but if he doesn't work in 205 Live, I mean, really... I just I think his road back to Japan could be in the near future if he just does not work out there. And maybe WWE sees that and is like, well, to get as much use out of him as we can, maybe we'll put him on 205 and see if that does anything for the show. Uh, you have to think this was not in anybody's plans, Hideo's and WWE, whenever they first brought him in. Like, There's no way that this was the idea. Oh, yeah, mm. for sure. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. So, no, good luck to Hideo Tommy. I, I really am excited about seeing his debut. I just I hope it works out right for him. Yeah. Uh, you know, something that may not be working right is the Bludgeon Brothers gimmick. Uh, we see it week in and week out on SmackDown. Uh, one of the worst things on SmackDown every week, if you ask me. Uh, but it's been there, and it's been something that at least I guess is is at least a tidbit of good news because I'm glad that Rowan and Harper are back. Uh, but the problem is, is that we have just now getting a chance to see guys like, uh, Eric, you know, Eric Rowan and Luke Harper back on our TVs and back in front of us. And it's just not seeming to work out well. Well, now we have these guys showing up to house shows. They're not even using the gimmick, not even wearing the clothes, nothing like that. And you just kind of have the idea that possibly they could be giving up on the bludgeon brothers already maybe they'll just kind of have them as a regular tag team which is the way i want them i want them just back to who they are but maybe so what do you think about this do you think i'm just kind of crazy do you think they're going to keep the bludgeon brothers thing you know we don't know uh it's all this is the first time it's happened on the on the house show tour they've been on since they started bringing them out so uh i i'm not saying the ship has sailed yet but I, and honest to God, I didn't have a problem with the gimmick. I have a problem with the name because I feel like Bludgeon Brothers is just so like early nineteen nineties, <laughs> made for kids. Like, well, these guys beat people up, and so we'll call them the Bludgeon Brothers, right? It, it feels like, like Saturday morning cartoons. That's what I'm looking at here. It's just no, 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 no. no. You got to give them some. If you're gonna have something like this, you got to give them a kind of a cool name, and and they. Certainly failed on that front, and I'm not saying that's the whole reason why this failed. Like, maybe there's not a whole lot for them to do, or they can't think of anything, but I feel like them just sort of being creepy dudes would work out just fine, especially because they're both so good at it. So, uh, I don't know. They've tried a lot with these guys, and nothing's really stuck, and that, that could be a problem. It could be, and like you were saying, it's a super corny, corny gimmick. You, you, you know, you made the, the reference towards, you know, other tag teams that kind of have some of the, you know, similar, uh, you know, maybe a gimmick, even though it's not completely that. And, you know, some of those teams work out well. It looks good on them. But I think this just does not work out right with these guys. They don't have the voices to do it. They just don't talk well enough to, to kind of pull off a weird, you know, tough warrior Viking kind of thing, whatever they're trying to pull off here. Uh, I, I just feel like they are very creepy, and you just have just think about this. If you, if you're standing across the you know the grocery store, Luke Harper, and he's staring you down, you'd probably walk right out. I'd be terrified. 
I'd rock right back out that door. And that's all you need. You don't need him having a cloak and all this a hammer and all this stuff. And, you know, my wife always talks about, you know, one of the scariest horror movies she ever saw is uh, The Hills of Eyes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, why The Hills of Eyes is so creepy is just got blood and guts and all that. But, you know, the people look weird and they're strange and they kind of scare you. And I think that's what these guys can do. They don't even need all the other stuff. They just show up and just look terrifying. And, I, hey, I, I, there's nothing wrong with what they already had. I get it. Repackaging, doing all the stuff that really, you know, kind of makes the kids happy. But I just don't think it was working. And I, I really do hope that this is gone. I, I If it doesn't mean it's the truth, then I'm going to be really sad to see these guys show up like that. You know, I, I think the only reason they're trying the repackaging thing is just because they're trying to get them away from the Y family sort of feel. Because uh, I don't think they want that connection to be there at all. Uh and that might be the only reason why they were doing all this to begin with. So, I don't know. I feel like you may be – there's something to this. I I, I, th- I don't know. Rowan, for me, can't really do promos very well. But I think he has, like, the gruff look to pull off everything. And I'll, I'll watch Luke Harper do anything. So, I, I just – I really think the name is what killed this just right out the gate. <laughs> I understand. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're right. I mean, it's it's uh, it's just for me personally. I mean, just the way I look at things, I just kind of look at it as, you know, Luke Harper is great for whatever he does. Um, I just don't want to see him repackaged for the reason of I, I get you want to get away from the family, but he kind of did that already. We've seen that story, and not only that, I still think you need to have that door open just in case because. You've got Bray Wyatt doing nothing. Mm-hmm. Zilch. Nothing. And, and maybe that's the only way you get these guys back on track is just to put the Wyatt family back together or something. Something you may have to do even though they didn't want to do it. Uh, unless they're really willing to go back and fix Bray Wyatt to where he can be back into a normalcy uh, of terror and, and really be back to that guy that we kind of were interested in. Now which don't have that. So I think you should open the door or leave at least a little crack for that to be possible, you know? So that's fair. You know, there's changes going around in WWE, but there's also changes going around in impact. And of course, you know, we're seeing lots of those changes go down. And, you know, what's interesting is, is we're hearing more, 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 uh, coming out from impact that some of the higher priced talent over there have been asked to pay, you know, take pay cuts again. Uh, we've heard this before. This is not the first time. There's a different regime. And even they want to kind of lower the contracts to some of these bigger higher priced talents which could mean that we possibly could see more releases coming up and you know we've already got a few people leaving uh, we had bram ask for his release we also have you know a guy like james storm uh doing his goodbyes at the house show tapings so this seems like they're going to be in a big transition here a a, a big big transition because uh, basically, I think anybody they've ever built into their mid card over the last three years is is basically leaving. Uh, this is a fundamental shift of what a company is trying to do, right? Like they've packed up shop, they're moving up north to Canada, and a lot of this makes sense, right? I'm sure a lot of these guys that are based here in the states don't want to fly to Canada every time they got to do tapings or anything like that, or 
or something. So it it just makes sense. They're losing money apparently, which is where the the people asking them to take lesser deals uh, comes into play. And if those guys leave, then I'm sure Impact's just fine with that right now. It means they don't got to pay them. Uh, and maybe they feel like there's enough around Canada to where they can build up and completely sort of reshape the company into into being a a Canadian platform, which I I don't see a giant problem with. Uh, it's just you know if you if you like a lot of these people, they may not be there anymore, uh, and that could that could change a lot of perception for the company. Uh, see, okay, so this is really interesting for the fact that they spend so much time saying we're going to be global, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Now you're going to be Canadian mm-hmm. and primarily Canadian. So where does the global part come in? I mean, do they still have all these deals with AAA and Crash and uh, work with Noah and you know everywhere else that they work with? Do they still do that stuff, or do they say, you know, we've got to kind of slow things down, we're going to focus on these Canadian wrestlers, and we're just going to make it happen and see where we go from there? Because then you almost feel like, you know, you've got to even change everything to more of the Canadian way. I, I don't know. I just I, – I, I'm kind of curious. What do you think is going to happen with all that? I mean, the, the GFW thing is basically done at this point, uh, and they might just keep the titles and – maybe shape some of that around it to fit their needs. But I, I mean, we're talking about a company. I think that's reverting back to just being impact. Uh, no matter what they say going forward. Uh, I, I think that's what's happening here. So whether they're still global or not, I, it might make a nice front to, to make the name as far as the unifying deal between them and AAA and crash and Noah and, uh, Obviously, with Scott Demore around, you got Border City Wrestling also there in Canada. Uh, so I, I, there's a lot of ways for this to still go without you having to be global. And if they still want to show off matches from their other partners, I think that's great. It definitely makes them feel different, and especially with a roster in flux as such as it is, maybe that's for the best right now while they try to sort out what the hell they're going to do on their actual show. Mm-hmm. That's very true. And, you know... It's kind of funny because of the fact that, you know, like I said, they spend so much time with this global aspect and all that. But also for the many, many talents that have had trouble coming back and forth over the U.S. border. Mm-hmm. So it makes you really wonder and question, you know, how their future is going to be affected by that as well, about what talents they can actually bring in and who they can't. And, you know, how is that whole visa situation going to work if they do get some talents to come over from the U.S. or anywhere else and work for a period of time, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. It just it sounds very creepy to me. To just, I, I love Canada and all, but I just kind of sounds so weird to think that this company could primarily be Canadian wrestlers and a completely different roster than what we're seeing now. Yeah, I mean, I, you don't know who's going to stick around, I think, is is the feeling. Uh, if you've been a long-time Impact fan or a long-time watcher, I don't know if I would call myself a fan anymore, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, guys that you've either got some association with or really like, like a Johnny Impact or or something like that, could be, maybe not be around sometime next year if they don't want to take lesser money, uh, which you know, can't really blame them, especially when they're making so much doing what they're doing already. 
Yeah, I mean, I think a guy like EC3 that has really needed to go ahead and move on past Impact, uh, I think this will be his opportunity if he if he wants to do that, you know. Um, so, I mean, it, it's going to be fun to kind of see how this thing shakes out and if they keep, you know, things together on some fronts and some not together on others. I want to do, you know, kind of find out where guys like EC3 are going to go, where's Eddie Edwards going to go, people like that who, you know, right now are making a big impact. I mean, you have guys like Evan Bourne who are kind of drifters. They go here, there, and everywhere. So not so concerned about guys like that. But guys that have been around this roster for a long time makes me curious, you know. So, and uh, you also, people, you know, have pay attention to us or anywhere else you know you don't see the same referees in the ring everything's going to be so much different you know coming in the future with impact being in canada i just i'm really curious too to see when that it comes to affecting uh their creative team and things like that not just the in-ring talent but you know who's actually going to be working backstage with them if they're primarily in canada right i mean they're going to have people who are ready to move and, and take up residence in Canada from the U.S., that's a, that's another big thing you got to think about, too. you got, you know, a few people that you've known for a long time, Scott Demore and other guys like that who've worked there for a long time who, you know, may make that decision to leave based on having to, to stay in Canada. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, uh, so, so, I mean, funny bringing that up. The creative team right now is reportedly Scott Demore at the head, who is Canadian. He runs Border City Wrestling and all that, so... Him sticking around is probably just a given at this point, but you also have Sanjay Dutt and Abyss, and uh, Gail Kim reportedly did some work with the women uh, as far as putting together the match for what went down at Bound for Glory. So, uh, that if that's your team right now, uh, one of them is Canadian, not going anywhere. Abyss has been with the company for so long, he's probably pretty far entrenched that he'll go wherever and, uh, you know, Sanjay is maybe sort of been in and out, but he seems pretty committed to the deal. So I don't know. Uh, I wouldn't think it would change all that much as far as those three go. And, uh, maybe Gail doing whatever was just a one-off, but I, you're right. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that could change. I, I don't know if I would maybe consider the creative direction being one of them though, at this point. Yeah. I didn't know Scott DeMore was Canadian. That's kind of interesting. Yeah. It's so funny to find out who's who's Canadian. It's it's a game you know we should play. You know who's Canadian. Kind of like when you watch Walking Dead. Who's a Brit? Oh, that's yeah. only about seventy five percent of their uh, cast. So, uh, yeah, we you know we'll continue to follow Impact. I mean, th- their situation is week to week. You know, it's, it's really it's almost day to day at this point. <laughs> yeah, but I, I don't want to be too discouraging. Uh, <laughs> Oops. <laughs> it's okay. Yes. Yes. Uh, okay, so, uh, you know, other things going on. But, you know, it's interesting, and you've you got to give Impact some credit for this. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we just recently talked about Rockstar Spud having to leave the company because they did not get the right paperwork in order for him to get his visa to stay in the country. And so he had no way of making money here, so he had to leave. Well... We're finding out that Impact did put up $20,000 to try to sort this mess out, and we're not as successful. Have you heard about this, Paul? Yeah, so Impact paid $20,000 to uh, sort out everything that was wrong with with Spud's visa issues. So uh, they paid the money. They were able to fix it. They got him back into the country, and that's 
supposedly when they decided that it was time to part ways, whether he asked for it or not, seems to be sort of suspect to me at this time, because some say they just let him go, and others say he asked for his release, so I don't know. Um, however, it sort of has heated up the rumor mill more that his signing with the WWE is practically imminent at this point, so... I uh, maybe I mean it has a happy ending for Spud at least, but Impact's out twenty th- you know twenty grand for their goof. <laughs> yeah, I was a little surprised that they would do it for a guy like Rockstar Spud though. I know it was their fault, you know I get that. That you know, oops, they're bad, but you know for a company that's strapped for cash, that's a lot of cash to drop on one talent that doesn't seem to be you know your top guy. Uh, yeah, I mean, remember, they couldn't pay him for, for certain stuff he had already done because he wasn't, a, you know, he didn't have the visa. So maybe it's a way of sort of mitigating that. Plus, like, dude, we're our bad, you know, <laughs> please. Don't mm-hmm. us. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I, I totally get that part, too. I mean, they, they have to do what they have to do, you know, but hey, you know, once again, it's just uh, it's a little bit surprising and kind of happy that they did that, you know, <laughs> even though it was probably in their own best interest, lawsuits ensuing and all that kind of stuff. But you know, I, I really never thought of them as this kind that would, you know, put some money out there to help their talent. Right. So. Uh, yeah, but I, what do you think about the Rockstar Spud going to WB thing, though? That's kind of interesting to me. That's We're, that's an interesting part of that. Yeah, I, I've talked about this, I think, a little bit with Harry uh, on this week's episode of 205, just because um, I think Spud would be really great as sort of like Enzo's sidekick, honestly. I think that'd be really fun. But, I mean, you have to think 205 Live would be where he would end up. He's He's got the look for that. He has a gimmick. I think he's very good at playing characters, too. But what about you? Where do you think he ends up? You know, that well, your, your spot you're talking about is a, a great place for him. Um, but if he does come, I could see it running NXT to where they see what they can get out of him, you know, just mm-hmm. to see, you know, his personality, things like that. Uh Although, like I've said in the past, he's not a bad ring announcer. He's a guy that could play that role and, you know, someone pick on him and he decides he's going to get in the ring and learn how to wrestle and fight. That'd be kind of a fun thing, you know, kind of like what we did with Santino Morella. Mm-hmm. You know, a random guy in the audience, oh, here he comes, and he becomes a big, you know, superstar in WWE. So I would love to see that take place or something of the sorts. Rockstar Spud, like I've said many, many times, he's got such a great way about him. He's really entertaining. He's really funny when he wants to be, uh, and very annoying when he wants to be as well. Mm-hmm. So I think he's got a lot going for him. I think that's one of the reasons why WWE would even consider him. So I, I really, really hope things work out for him. I think he's a super talent and. Man, I just I just really want to see if he does work with Enzo, uh, how he's going to do that whole how you do in situation. I can't <laughs> wait to see him just completely make that look terrible. That's where the money's at right now. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sorry, folks. How are you doing? <laughs> I just can't wait. I just it's going to be too much fun. So, super cool guy though. I really love Rockstar Spud, and I, I think that's once again, you know, uh, another sad loss for Impact. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, it, there's lots of different things going on with all that situation, and you know, we'll have to continue to follow and, and see where we go with all that, but. Uh, some other stuff that we got going on, and, and there's, like I said, so many different places and you know pieces of the puzzle that we have to find out with things. But one thing that we do know that's kind of cool is we got Stephen Amell apparently going to be coming to a show in San Antonio. That's right. He is going to be at a Ring of Honor show out there. 
I mean, that's that's really neat, Paul. I mean, I didn't know he'd be interested in going out there for Ring of Honor. This is kind of a cool deal. Uh, one, Stephen Amell and Cody have become pretty good friends since the feud on WWE. Uh, Amell, I think, has leveraged this into allowing Cody to, to come on to Arrow, uh, which, of course, is still running right now. The really neat thing about this, though, is that November 17th, Ring of Honor and NXT are in the same area. Literally, I think, you know, different sides of town running shows basically at the same time trying to get people to come to these shows. And this is obviously the day before TakeOver. Uh, and this is also where you have Shawn Michaels guest refereeing that mad, the NXT title match. Well, Ring of Honor has brought in Kenny Omega and now Stephen Amell. So... Uh, San Antonio is the place to be November 17th if you're a wrestling fan is all I can say right now, folks. <laughs> Jeez, yeah, that's going to be awesome. Wow. And, you know, and it's kind of cool, too, because, you know, I really didn't think that, you know, those guys are, I think they were close, but I didn't think, man, that Stephen Amell was like that, you know, friendly with this guy, you mm-hmm. know, and so that's super cool. And I think that the fans are going to be getting a treat just like you're saying here. So, if you're an Arrow fan and you love this guy, go check him out. Make sure you go to that San Antonio Ring of Honor show. Kenny Omega recently said to Tokyo Sports that he was 100% sticking with New Japan. That's uh, that's pretty bold there. That is pretty bold. Uh, and it kind of hurts without Sean being around because I'd love to hear his point of view on this too. But uh, it's, it's Tokyo Sports tends to stay kayfabe. Uh, as far as wrestling goes, too. So whether this is just Kenny saying the right things right now or whatever, I don't know if the idea of him ever going to WWE is truly going to be off the table. But with stuff like what we've talked about over the last month, basically, with how you know Neville's unhappy and walked out, and you have all these reports of guys that uh, are coming from the indies not at all being happy with where they are in WWE, whether it's true or not, as we talked about with Austin Aries... I wonder if a lot of that has to do with maybe wanting or maybe playing into the idea that Kenny might want to stick around Japan for a while and just see his career out there and make New Japan into basically, you know, a, a competitor. I mean, it, like, how could, could you blame him, though? Yeah. I mean, he's at the top of the world right now in New Japan. Mm-hmm. He's making good money. He's involved with the, the Bullet Club, which has you know the Elite, which he's really invested in doing that show with the Elite too on YouTube. Uh, and so he's actually really busy. He's got a lot of things going for him, and sure, he's exclusive to New Japan, but that doesn't mean the guy's not always going places and, and working shows and keeping himself super busy. And not only that, I mean, at this point right now, being such a popular gaijin. I think that, you know, he can change the game over there a little bit for them and also influence a lot of the U.S. and get them to start watching more New Japan. Mm -hmm. And why wouldn't you want to do that? Why wouldn't you want to be that centerpiece for a company to kind of draw everybody in? I mean, you you got, I'll be honest with you, you got lots of money making in front of you because you have all the bargaining chips. No one else has them. You're the draw. Right. (laughs) But, you know, there's other great draws, don't get me wrong. But yeah, exactly. he, he, he's a giant draw, though, still. Yeah. He's on the level of their most popular Japanese wrestlers like Okada and Naito. So you, you've got to give him that due diligence. And if he comes over to WWE, what's going to happen? 
they're going to water him down. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he'll never be, you know, he's not going to get to walk in the door and be like, oh, you're like the next John Cena. No, they will just say, hey, you know, you're a great indie worker. We'll make sure you know that you're not like us. Mm-hmm. That's what they'll do. And I think Kenny Omega knows that. And I think he does have a little bit of hope that, you know, he can make a big deal in WWE and come and make money and be on that worldwide platform. But I think right now he kind of feels like with streaming and all these other things that WWE doesn't have that hold on people anymore because people could still see my matches. You can watch a lot of free matches I do. And not only that, if you want to see everything, just go buy New Japan World, you know? Mm-hmm. So I don't think the WWE has that grasp on people anymore where they like, Oh, the only way you're going to get a chance to be seen everywhere is if you're with us. That's no longer the truth. And so, Kenny Omega, I mean, I I would love to see him in WWE, but I do not blame him at one bit if this is what he's going to do. And he is going to start to make a a new path for the U.S. fans and fans from all the way around the world to start looking at New Japan as maybe their new number one. The the way I always try to look at things like this, and especially when it comes to your Kenny Omegas and your Young Bucks, is like you're you're working in IT, right? And you have a chance to get on board with this new exciting startup that could absolutely succeed or fail in a giant blaze of glory. Or you could go over to this other company where it's sort of guaranteed and safe and you know you'll have a job for a while and, and all these other things. And which do you want to do more? And the startup is always more exciting, right? I mean, because mm-hmm. if it pays out, it's going to pay out. And I think that's sort of where Kenny is at right now is if New Japan's American expansion succeeds, I, not only would he be responsible for blazing a trail as far as creating a sustainable New Japan product here stateside, but – you know, he he would be just this legendary figure uh, in both countries, and to me, that just it sounds so much nicer than just being a guy in WWE right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, especially with all the turmoil you see in WWE right now, mm-hmm. you know, you, you see your friends leaving, and you see people saying, "I'm not happy with my pay, not happy with this, not real excited about this," and it just makes you start to think, you know, what I'm in a pretty darn good situation, and. You know, people like me over here. I'm making money, and you know, I'm not having to deal with all the stress that those guys are dealing with. So, do you think maybe you know, the uh, Chris Jericho deal maybe was one of the ways that how they Kenny sort of decided to stay now? Like the big things are happening, and people are coming to you now, essentially. Well, you know, what's funny is that that could be a big part of it. It really, really could be. Um, it also makes me wonder if. You know, what's going on there is the fact that, you know, you have a guy like Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega who kind of have, you know, shared home, Winnipeg and all that. And they talked about, you know, hey, you know, we don't want to do something special. And Jericho said, look, you know, WWE doesn't care uh, about anything I want to do. Let's go someplace where they'll listen. And New Japan was the place they'll listen. And I think, you know, that's a big part of it. But, yeah, I, I think you're right. I think there is a lot of heed to people starting to come to him, mm-hmm. right? I mean, because it's a situation where, you know, honestly, you look back, and when we look back, I think 10 years, 20 years from now, we're going to say, you know, Kenny Omega was that era. 
you know, in wrestling. It, it, it will be like, you know, back in the days when they had the territory days, right? There were some guys that didn't go to WBF. They didn't do that. Not yeah. everybody went over there, right? And mm-hmm. those names were just as popular as anybody in WBF. And I think that's where we're going to look back in 20 years. And Kenny Omega may never grace the doorstep of the WWE ever again. And I think we'll be talking about John Cena, Kenny Omega. So, I, I think that's spot on. So, but yeah, I mean, this is going to be really interesting. Oh, I'm telling you, man, I cannot wait till that match. Oh, oh God, June, uh, June, or January fourth cannot get here fast enough. I can't even say it. Yeah, if you don't have a bed, big like red circle on your iPhone calendar or your or your Google Doc or or whatever you cool kids are using these days, uh, y- you need to put one there. <laughs> oh God, I mean Naito, my boy Naito, the guy I love more than uh, you know, and most of these other wrestlers facing off against Okada. He's going to oh, get a gonna... big win, buddy. He's going to get a oh, huge win. God. And then I get a chance to see one of my favorite wrestlers of all time, which I, I one of my favorite American wrestlers or Canadian, uh, whatever. <laughs> I, I, Chris Jericho. I, I, Chris Jericho is my top. He's from – there's a great video. He's from Canada. Telling, yeah, he's Canadian. But there's a great video of somebody saying, go back, go back home or go back to wherever. He's like, I'm from Winnipeg, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I should have said, you know, you tend to say America when you're yeah. an American. And uh, I should have said North American. <laughs> he's technically Canadian. So, sorry, eh? Uh, sorry. sorry. I'm sorry about, about that, that. Eh? I really am. So. <laughs> I'm working on my Canadian. I really dig Canada. I, I want to go up there and check it out. You know, if anything ever crazy happens and I'm, I don't want to be a Texan, maybe that's the next place I hit up. So. WWE's looking at India. W2M's looking at Canada. Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> I'm, uh, you know, it's just one of those things. I always kind of found it very intriguing, Canada. It just super intrigues me. Uh, but not only that, you know, I'm already in my own country, Texas. Yeah. It's, it's a nice country. We, we live in a beautiful one. Um, so, uh, well, you know, one last thing before we get out of quick hits and, you know, my Texas nationalism. Uh, <laughs> talking about Coachman. That's right. Jonathan Coachman from ESPN. Remember him? He used to work for WBF. Well, he no longer works for WBF or ESPN. He has left them. I, I, you know, I haven't really heard a lot about this, Paul. This just happened, like, before we went on air uh, or before we went on air to tape, essentially. Uh, so... This is kind of fresh. I saw this as I was doing one last skim through the news. Uh, it's official on Twitter, all that stuff, uh, as far as what Coach Minutes came out and said. So I he still was doing a lot of the WWE stuff on ESPN, uh, and he said it felt like it was just time to move on, and he's got a bunch of other projects lined up. Do you think maybe he's coming to the network or something in that degree as far as WWE stuff goes? He mentioned a lot of projects. You know, he very well could be, you know, and I trust me, I would love to see him on that Raw 25th anniversary. Oh, that would be so much fun to have him back, you know, to, to do a segment or something like that. Yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, man, but, you know, you know, you're right. The network could be definitely something, even though they've really scrapped all their original programming and things mm-hmm. like that. But they have not scrapped their ESPN type shows, right? I mean, they still have, I forget the name of what's the name of the show where they sit down with and. Corey Graves and uh, all that. Did they scrap that show? I thought they still had that. Of course, they don't have uh, you know J- JBL there anymore. Right. But maybe that's the thing. Maybe they're going to come out with a new show like that with you know Coachman. Who mm-hmm. knows? It's very possible. Uh, but I think Coachman also 
is looking at ESPN. ESPN's making lots of cuts. They are just downsizing and downsizing. And I think he said to himself, look, I've got a good place here, but I just don't want to be the next one. And so I'm going to go ahead and look in other areas, and I think he's found his way out, possibly. And maybe the writing was on the wall. Maybe they're going to let him go, too. So I think Coachman is probably going to go either work for the WB in part-time, and I think he's going to be finding himself in some other network and, and working in the world of sports. So be looking for him, maybe Fox Sports, or maybe he's going to a whole new place, you know? Um, yeah, it's kind of funny. The network sports are big. But they're not necessarily the only place these guys can go. I mean, there's, you know, podcasts are the thing now, and you can make money if you're a big name doing them, right. and you can do a lot of other projects that you want to do. So maybe Coachman's in that realm. Maybe he's found another, you know, set of things that uh, make him happy. And if wrestling is still one of them, that's the good thing is he can do both if he's not with ESPN. Mm-hmm. Bring it so. to the table was the show you were thinking of. Thank you. Bring it to the table. And I haven't heard about that in a long time. Now that I was sitting here and say that, uh, I, you know, JBL being gone maybe affected it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So. Yeah, I, I think that's probably part of it. The last episode they did was in July. So <laughs> yeah, see, shows you're out right there. I don't. I, I really never watched those shows. I, I never really. And you know what? And I love Table for Three, and I haven't watched Table for Three in quite a while. It just has not. I've watched more Ride Along than I have Table for Three. Oh wow. I, I know. I've, I've seen a few ride along episodes. I, I've watched a lot of Table for Three. I actually really enjoy that too. Um, and I, I actually like the Superstar Inc. stories just because tattoos are always kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I love tattoos too, but my <laughs> wife is like, "Don't get them." I'm like, "Come on, come on." <laughs> so I'm glad I, I, I didn't get, get a tattoo. Too, but my skin is just not great, so I feel like I uh, wimp out. <laughs> I want to do it just to see, you know, uh, if you know my wife would be too pissed off. But uh, I'm glad I didn't have that, you know, inkling to go get a tattoo when I was in high school because I'd have the Goldberg tattoo, <laughs> the tribal band. <laughs> I would have had the tribal band. You better be glad that I didn't have the guts to go do it then, because I thought, you know, I don't want to do. It. I didn't know. I couldn't make my mind up. And if I would have been more of a go getter, I probably would have done it. And then. <laughs> Probably would have regretted it right now, Paul. So you might not be married right now if you had that. <laughs> yeah. Well, she she may have married me until I showed her that, then she may have reconsidered. So. Yeah. So and I, and I'd probably get addicted to them. I can't lie. It's kind of like my coffee. You know, I started out drinking a little coffee. Now I kind of love coffee. So mm-hmm. just like you know. So tattoos would probably be one little one to a sleeve. So. Yeah. Let's see how it goes. I know. Oh, boy. So I'll try to stay away from that. But anyway, uh, well, enough about Jonathan Coachman. We'll, you know, hopefully see him pretty soon. Uh, we are going to be done with Quick Hits. Uh, we are now going to move on to something that I'm, I am I would like to say that we're going to enjoy, but I'm kind of curious if we are. Uh, we're going to talk some Impact Wrestling. So let's go ahead and get into this show, Paul, and, and kind of talk about this whole fallout of Bound for Glory. Boy, they they have a lot to do. To make me try to enjoy the show again, Gary. <laughs> uh, if you didn't hear our review, uh, it's over on part one over there uh, on W2Mnet.com and all that other places. Where uh, and, and please, uh, I'm going to apologize right there, Paul. I tried hard to be optimistic, to be kind, and it was too hard. <laughs> and I, I found myself nodding off at times uh, just thinking about the show. So that shows you how bad that Bound for Glory was. So now, yeah, now I'll let you, Paul. Let's get into this and see if any of this interested you. 
So the opening credits hit, and I'm filled with a sense of dread. And then here comes Borash and Matthews uh, start us off. They're in the ring. They welcome us to the show. They talk. Uh, they talk about the card, all that good stuff. Very old school sort of feeling here. Uh, and then we get some highlights for Bound for Glory, which I kind of wish they just ignored. Uh, and then here comes Eli Drake and Chris Adonis. Drake, of course, is still your champion after Bound for Glory. Talks about how. Johnny Impact had worked so hard for all these years and done all these different things to get ready, but he had to face Eli Drake, and he failed spectacularly. Doesn't care that Patron got involved in his business, doesn't want to deal with him, uh, all this other stuff, and then he starts uh, saying he's gonna have the, he has the night off, and he doesn't even want to be here in Canada uh, because it's just pure garbage. Here comes P.D. Williams to stick up for the hometown, and uh, is re- wants to challenge him for the world title because he's never been a world champion, uh, at least as far as Impact goes. And uh, Drake accepts the challenge but says it won't be tonight because he's got the night off, and this, of course, leads to a big brawl where the numbers eventually take Williams down. What would you think about this, Gary? Uh, at first, I was wondering what was wrong with their mics. Like, uh, there was so much. I mean, you could hear all the echoing mm-hmm. in the room. So I was like, what the heck? Did they did they fire the guys after Bound for Glory uh, doing their audio? Just got like I mean, you and me back there trying to work the audio table. <laughs> it sounds like, yeah, it honestly sounds like it. It's, it's oh, God. I mean, it, so, I mean, in times you could barely hear Petey Williams. At the beginning of the, when he started talking, I could, you could barely hear it. And I was like, good Lord, what in the heck is going on? Um, but I mean, that's, I'll leave that alone. Be happier. Uh, I, 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 I actually do get what the direction they're going here. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes sense. You know, Petey Williams taking up for the hometown. That's just a classic thing that you do in wrestling. Fine. Not, no problem with that. What I did, what I did have a problem with though, is, uh, when you got Morgan coming down there and you have a bad, I'm telling you, bad transition between those two. Did you notice how bad that was? I, I don't think I did. You, do, you mean, you just, do you mean Adonis? Adonis, I'm sorry. I said Morgan. Adonis. <laughs> I was like, Morgan, I was like, I, I think I'd remember if Matt Morgan was suddenly back on the show. <laughs> this, is how, this is how much I care about Adonis. I, I said Morgan. I'm sorry. I always, <laughs> I always put... I, I don't know why. I always lump those two guys together. I've always have. Like, you know... But anyway... Um, so Adonis, that, that transition between him and Petey Williams was bad. Like the kick that Petey Williams gave him, it was so slow. Mm-hmm. It was so slow. I was like, good Lord. I mean, you could have meld that. Um, but here is the thing that kind of started out kind of weird. And then the rest of it was okay. You know, Petey Williams gets to stand tall and, you know, feel good about himself. That's fine. I really don't have a problem with the storyline. That, mm-hmm. that, that's okay. I, I, here's the thing I do have a problem with. I, I, I understand where you have Eli Drake not wanting to address Patron, right? I, I get that. But don't you think that Patron himself 
would want to have some kind of, you know, say, uh, like, hey, you know, I did this to you, and, you know, we should have a match or something like that. And I I get from what happens later in the show why that didn't happen, but I still feel like it was a void. I kind of feel like there's something that should be here and it's not here. And Eli Drake not addressing it, okay, I get it. He's there again. He thinks he's the best of all time, but I still feel like it should have been addressed somewhere, mm-hmm. somehow. Um, and I, one last thing on this. Do you ever get to at to a point where you're like, okay, I love you, Eli Drake, but sometimes you sound too much like The Rock? <laughs> uh, not really, because sometimes there, he'll start talking and he won't really draw me in, so I just kind of stop listening. <laughs> so maybe that's where he starts trying to be The Rock, and I've never got to hear him really try to be The Rock. It's interesting because I heard someone else say this the other day, and I thought I was the only one. And apparently, I think I think I'm not. I could be completely wrong. I think someone said there was a connection between the Rock and him. Like either they talk to each other or something. But I, sometimes I kind of hear the Rock and him, and I'm like, oh boy, you know, take it back a little bit. Be Eli Drake. Don't don't take that so much. So I don't know. I mean, to me, it, this. This is just another way of making this Canadian company or something because it's kind of funny. The first guy off the bat that hits the the doorstep of the world title, besides you know Johnny Impact, is the Canadian. Mm-hmm. Uh, excuse me. To to me, this is basically a way to sort of shutter Eli Drake to the side while Impact and Patron were gonna have their issues because i i was very much expecting that to be the forefront of impact after bound for glory just because you know that you screw the face out of the title you gotta address that first and we'll get to however you want to sort out the championship later and i like i mean the crowd is super into Petey, so he he feels like he could challenge uh and and you know maybe that crowd can will him to a victory and it's not like eli came out of bound for glory looking super strong either right he had adonis helping him the whole time and the patron put the nail in the coffin so it it's believable in that fact, but I mean you're right. I I kind of wish you had some Patron interaction here, but Eli said he didn't want to have anything to do with him. So I was like, oh, okay, well that's that's fine. I guess. <laughs> I, honest to God, I didn't mind this. I I wouldn't want to deal with Patron either. I mean, you see what happens on the news. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, <laughs> God. Sorry, Paige. That never happened, right? No, that uh, uh, didn't uh, happen. That's my bad. Yeah, never happened. No. Liar. <laughs> that man that, that man with the three H's told you that happened. Uh, uh I'm yeah. I you know, I believe whatever that guy says, so yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh boy. So I mean I, yeah, I mean here's the thing, and I get Eli doesn't want to deal with him. No one else has a choice. <laughs> Whenever, I, I guarantee you that, you know, after a big match, you know, the guy doesn't want to face the guy he just had a big match with. It, but sorry, there's a rebound match. Just like, you know, I'm sure AJ doesn't want to deal with Jinderman anymore, and they probably won't have to deal with him. But, you know, or, or you know, whatever. There's right. always that return thing, right? Right. Don't right, right. don't stop now. What this just It seems like they're just like, hey, sorry, but we want to go in a completely different direction. So ignore the fact that, you know, this happened. Let's just move on a different way. So. Yeah. Uh, enough about that. I'm just—it's just to me, still a little weird. I get—I get you. I get you. Uh, Johnny Impact arrives at the building. Uh, you have the official announcement here that Eli Drake will take on P.D. Williams next week for the title. 
And then Jimmy Jacobs shows up for commentary uh, for Matt Seidel taking on Sanjay Dutt, which gets a lot of time. Uh, 15 minutes, uh, 15 and a half minutes, excuse me. Uh, you have Dutt go up top, Seidel moves out of the way, and hits the shooting star press to get the victory. I, t- this was so long, and it, and it didn't have a reason to be as long as it did. And I appreciate X Division guys getting time, don't get me wrong, but th- it never turned into anything super like awesome, and I'm sitting here just sort of waiting for it to end, especially after the huge you know five-minute commercial, I felt like. Uh, so <laughs> I, I was just, it, it finally ends and I don't want to say I'm happy about it, but it just like, wow, it took that long is come on. <laughs> no, I was happy about it. I, when that bell rung, I was thrilled. Uh, you know, uh, not that it matches bad, but I mean, you're right. It did go way too long. I, I kind of felt the same way myself, you know, after like, I think they had two, they had two commercial breaks, I think in between this match, I believe I can be wrong. Um, but I just remember it felt forever mm-hmm. and I thought to myself, are you kidding me? What, what's, why are they going this long? Cause the match is not spectacular. It's an okay match. Yeah. These guys both work very well together. Mm-hmm. They've probably been in the ring together probably 75 times or more. Um, but at the same point, this is not giving me a big story. This is just another match. And it doesn't really change anything. So I didn't have anything to be invested with in it. Mm-hmm. And then here I am dealing with it for a long period of time like I should care. So it, it, it was a problem. It really was for me. I didn't really appreciate, you know, I guess in a way having to sit through a long, long show uh, or, excuse me, match. Just because, right? Just right. because they needed to take up time or just because you got two talented guys in the ring. I don't know. I, I think you're like you said, that's just the definition. Too long. Yeah, too too long, I think, was, was my big... Like, I don't have a problem with the work. I don't have a problem with the X Division guys getting time. But if you're going to get time, make it mean something, right? And I don't know if it ever reached that point of it really justified getting 15 and a half minutes, but... Yeah. Well, did Jimmy Jacobs help it at all for you? I mean, did he make any difference to keep you entertained through those 15 minutes? I I, I like Jimmy Jacobs. I've been a big fan of his work for a long time. Uh, I didn't hate him on commentary. I didn't think he was overly spectacular. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what may, uh, uh, that's why I asked is because I felt like they may have added him here maybe to kind of, you know, not not because they do the matches to be super long or anything, but maybe to kind of see what they could add in with him. And I, I think he's fine, but once again, I mean, just don't know if he added a lot. Yeah. I don't know if he added so much that made me care. I, I think that's a fair point. Like, I, you know, he, he was being Jimmy Jacobs, essentially. So uh, if if you like that, you'll probably like this, but... It didn't. You're right. He wasn't really adding a whole lot to the whole anything here. It's just here's Jimmy Jacobs and he's talking, mm-hmm. and we just got him from WWE. How great is that? You know. So yeah. <laughs> just impact like Rule Three out of their playbook. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I wanted to mention that, and I don't even know who said anything about that tonight. But I swear on this show on Impact, they said, you know, what does it take to be the next talent or something like that? And they're like, yeah, I get cut from WWE. WWE. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Uh, in the post-match, EC3 shows up and congratulates uh, Matt on his victory with a big whoopity do, uh, <laughs> which got me rolling. Uh, <laughs> and says, you know, Matt, you, you, you win matches and you get to 
these these big occasions. Uh, like you you beat Lashley and you got a chance for the title. You failed there. You had a chance for the X division title. You failed there. So you, you know you're great. You just don't have that killer instinct. I'm EC3 though. I have the killer instinct. Uh, maybe in another life, Matt, you could be reborn as a winner. Uh, and uh, EC3 just being EC3 is is what brought us all to the show because <laughs> this this was great. Oh yeah, and I, I can't tell you how thrilled I was to have him cut this promo because this is EC3 that I love. Yeah, this is the guy I've been missing forever now. Ever since Jeff Jarrett walked in the door of Impact, I, I completely lost that guy. That guy disappeared. He was in the the hole. Mm-hmm. Now that Jared's gone and they're doing other things, maybe EC3 can showcase what he can do and that's talk and really entertain. So I was super, super happy to see this. I think he did a very good job and you know, I, I'm now I kind of want to see what Matt Saddell has to say back. I want to see the retort. Yeah, uh, I think these guys can have some pretty good matches too, so we're, we're I'm definitely going to stick around for that. Uh, and uh, Sorry, foggy. Uh, <laughs> uh, I blame you. Yeah. Uh, they move on from there. We get this flashback uh, courtesy of the uh, Global Force Network uh, or the Global Wrestling Network or whatever it's called. Uh, a match from way back. Team Canada taking on Sanjay Dutt, Amazing Red, Hector Garza. It was fun. It's a nice trip down memory lane if you were around for that time. Um I think I, that was that's like glory days TNA almost is that time frame so uh, that that was really nice and then we got this match between Eddie Edwards and El Hijo del Fantasma for the GHC Championship which of course is the top belt over there in Pro Wrestling Noah in Japan. Uh, this is really good. This this is sort of what I was hoping that first match would have been. You get like a ten minute sprint. It's really fun. Eddie Edwards hits the Boston knee party. Follows up with the. Uh, the diehard flosion to get the victory in about nine minutes or so this yes more of this this is great action uh i understand you you don't want a whole night of this but this was just super fun yeah and i definitely want to talk about the match really quickly before i jump into that i gotta address the the old clip from 2000 i think four or whatever i think it's four Uh, is it four okay so i I like the idea that you're promoting your network, right? And you're promoting a big match and all that. But I, that's another thing that I think went a little too long. I think you should have shown clips or something like that and, you know, said, hey, these are things that you'll get a chance to see. You know, remember this or remember that. And it, it, to me, it kind of drug on. And I, I thought, man, as, as fun as this is to watch, I'm Shouldn't be focused on the new talent. Why am I watching this? Especially if you want me to watch it on your network. So I, I maybe that's just me nitpicking, but I just thought, man, come on, this is this is going on forever. Let's let's move on to the next thing. So, uh, but yeah, besides that, I, I have to say that you know this you know this match that they gave us between Eddie Edwards and uh, e, um, Ichimori, right? No, this is El Hijo uh, El Hijo for those who are Lucha fans. See, I, I'm foggy now. I'm thinking of uh, last week, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, see, it was last week. I don't know why I'm thinking. Yes, Phantasma is the way. Uh, so I, I, you know why I loved this, Paul? Before it even started, it felt like a big fight. Mm-hmm. It, it felt very important. It, it felt like something that you know we should care about. They started off the right way 
the way they presented the title, all that kind of stuff, it worked out right. And then the match itself, both of them, you know, super talented. I mean, you you got to love everything that these guys gave you in that match. And I was really happy to see it. I, I mean, to me, like, you know, we had talked about earlier, there was matches that were here that were just kind of, huh, you know, whatever. But this, this was super special. So I appreciated it. I'm glad we got this one. Yeah, yeah, me too. More more of this would be great. And it's a great way to make in-house content while showing off your relationships too, right? You got a AAA guy. You got a guy who's currently a champion over in NOAA who works for your company. Just crushed it. This is, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, we get some highlights of American Top Team's win at Bound for Glory, uh, which we'll talk about more on that later. OVE takes on, uh, this is the, the Chris Brothers plus Sammy Callahan, uh, squash and jobbers. Ray Steele, Phil Atlas, and Burke, uh, less than two minutes. Th- this this was just, you know, Sammy and company murdering people. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it was good because, you know, if you're an OVV, OVE fan or you love Sammy Callahan, you, you, you're really happy. But outside of that, it's like a... Golf clap, you know, good job. That's yeah. that's that's about as much as I got for it. Mm-hmm. Still uh, not sure about the OVE turning heel thing, though. Yeah, that's I, I, uh, <laughs> just did not work out for me at Bound for Glory. The double turn, I still question that. But okay, here we go. Yeah, uh, and we'll definitely talk more about that as the weeks go on too. But that was supposed to be a double turn at Bound for Glory, people. If you didn't get the memo, I don't think a lot of people did. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, LAX, who's got Homicide back with him, come out and attack and run off OVE uh, and Callahan and all that good stuff. So, uh, Hakeem Zayn won Global Forge, Gary, which uh, let me tell you how much I really cared about this. Johnny <sighs> Impact save us and just throws him to the side and is ready to fight Alberto El Patron. <laughs> oh, that was one of the better parts of Impact, I'll tell you, brother. Oh, God. That Global Forge thing is trash, and I've been saying it for weeks, and I'm tired of watching Pizza Deliver Boys try to be wrestlers. Here we go again. <laughs> Good God. I, I, the guy, you know, hey, he probably works very hard. I hope he does something good, but until, you know, he shows me that, I mean, mm-hmm. just give me, give, give me my soft serve ice cream, and then I'll, I'll you know, whatever else. So. <laughs> That's why they all look like. They all look like they worked at Dairy Queen or in Pizza Hut or somewhere. All these guys, I just don't, it blows my mind. <laughs> uh, we move to Border City Wrestling as we get to see Allie take on Casey Spinelli. Uh, Allie ends up getting the victory here. A little north of seven minutes. Death Valley Driver puts her away. Uh, this was fine. Uh, once again, it's 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 really cool to see matches taking place and matches taking place in all these partner promotions and all that. And it was an enjoyable, brisk little match here. I enjoyed it. Yeah, like what do I always say? What's my number one rule? As long as Allie comes away smiling like it's Christmas morning, <laughs> everything is right in the world. <laughs> so, I think this worked out fine. Yeah, I think I think it really did, and you know it's good to see Allie, you know, get victories like this. They're gonna start building her up as, you know, a wrestler, mm-hmm. if especially if they want her to go and do other things and be a big part of these kind of situations where she's going on tour and having matches with other people that are viable champions. So, I'm okay with it. I think it worked out right for her. Yeah, I agree. I agree entirely. Uh, Alberto shows up to the building. He's ready to fight Johnny Impact too. 
Allie gets a promo talking about how uh, she was real happy about the win they just showed and says that Gail Kim has a big announcement next week. Uh, and then we learn that also happening next week, LAX and Homicide are going to take on Callahan and OVE, and of course all the other stuff they just mentioned as well throughout the evening. And that brings us to the big main event segment, Gary. Uh, Johnny Impact and uh, Alberto Patron get into a big old brawl backstage. They're in catering. Uh, basically, they're fighting all over the building. Uh, it's it's crazy pandemonium, and it's 20, 20 minutes long, Gary. Uh, <laughs> um, I Yeah, Patron ends up standing tall at the end after he sort of they end up back in the ring and hits a big hanging arm bar and all this other stuff to keep, uh, keep impact down. But this, uh, Oh, this, this was a chore. This was not good. (laughs) Um, and, uh, way too long. And I know that I've already said that about one other part of this show, but this was way, mm-hmm. way too long. And, and, you know, okay, I get it. Backstage stuff is kind of fun to see. I love backstage brawls. I'm a big fan. Trust me. I I loved it in the Attitude Era. I love, you know, seeing it different times, different places. But not like this. Like, I think they were really trying to go for these guys are going to kill each other. They're mm-hmm. just tearing each other apart. You know, I'll say this. Later in it, it got a little better. I think they started getting more aggressive. You know, I like the few spots. Uh, I like when Patron throws uh, Nitro to that door and he flies in, like, to a bathroom or wherever that was. And then uh, I kind of like Patron going on top of that building. And, you know, you have one of the best, uh, what do you call it, Uh, core... core, uh, Park where they run into the parks and they run everywhere. I get Hardcore, yeah, park, parkour. parkour. Parkour, yeah. Uh, you know, one of the best guys at that, a professional, so he can just run up a Coke machine and get on top of a building. Uh, so that's, that was kind of cool to see. So there was a few moments here that I didn't have such a problem with. But, dear God, it just took forever. The stuff in the ring I could care less about. I just I, I was not induced. I, I really wasn't. I, I really don't need to see these guys in a match now. I, I just don't. It definitely feels that way. Because, uh, I mean, they pretty much got all their aggression out here. They fought for 20 minutes. Like, you can't be super angry at each other anymore, especially after some of the stuff they did in this, too. So, I don't know. It it, it doesn't help that I'm only interested in about half the equation here because I am a fan of Johnny Impact. But uh, I, I just I don't care to see Patron in anything. And clearly he's being positioned to be the guy who looks like he's going to get the belt back. So... I don't know. I don't know, Gary, but I'm not super thrilled with a lot of what they're doing on this show now. Uh, I'm not either. I, I'm, and, and I feel like an old, you know, jerk uh, mm-hmm. sitting here saying all that. I really do. Like, I'm a grumpy Joe, and I want to get all over, you know, impact and say nasty things. It's not the case. I, I, you know, you just mentioned one of them. Johnny Impact's a great talent. EC3. Uh, there's some guys on this roster, even it's the gals, that you, you're just like, man, they could do so much. Mm-hmm. But yet, I mean, here we are, and you know, the situation looks more bleak than it does happy and in a good light. So, 
Well, I have to, to kind of follow this, but I just I have my concerns and worries, and I was really wanting to find out the fallout of Bound for Glory. And so far, I, it seems like the transition has come and, and literally fallen out of Bound for Glory onto this show. Mm-hmm. And uh, for the few good things there were, there was more, I think, rough things. Um, so, of course, lots of video packages, too. Lots of video. They're they're telling their stories here, though. Um, we'll be back around next week, of course. But I, this was definitely a better book show. I will say, as far as what we got at Bound for Glory, it's just there. There are some overly long segments that don't require that kind of time. Yeah, yeah that's very very true. So, well, there you go. That yeah. is impact, and uh, we'll hopefully you know have a lot better and more positive things to say when we cover this next week. Mm-hmm. Let's move on, though. We got one thing left to do tonight, and that is crown a superstar of the week. Superstar of the week. Go for it, Gary. All right. Well, we have a really fun list because we had some big matches this past week. So we're going to start this thing out by giving a point to Cesaro and Sheamus, the bar. Yeah, really fun main event on Raw this week against the Shield with the tag titles up for grabs. And due to some New Day interference and some progression towards Survivor Series, they come out your new tag team champions. They will now face the Usos at Survivor Series, which is sure to still be a great match. Yeah, definitely. Looking forward to that one for sure. Two points are going to be heading over to Marty Scroll. Yeah, Marty Scroll and Will Ospreay have a great match at Power Struggle. No surprises there. Uh, Scroll gets the surprising victory and is now your IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion. Uh, so we got to take our hats off to that as well. Uh, and just power struggle in general. What a great show. Guys, uh, if you haven't watched that yet, go do it. Yeah, for sure. We got three points going to a guy that honestly most weeks would get number uh, five. Mm-hmm. But this week he gets three. AJ Styles. Yeah, AJ wins the title back from gender. And a surprisingly... Great match uh, on SmackDown this week. Gender, uh, I, maybe I, we should have talked about this a little. What were you, like, this might have been Gender's best match of his entire career, Gary. Uh, but AJ comes away with the title, gets the three points. Hats off to him. And it needed to be one of his best matches of his career because his career may be on the line. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> so, I mean, I think, you know, of course, you know, Vince is one of those guys. Good job, kid. Get those roids in. But, uh, yeah, slap you on the hand. No, bad boy. Good job, kid. Uh, so, I mean, that's something he's got to deal with, and it's going to take some time from him, and that kind of sucks. But outside of that, I mean, I, I think Mahal did fine. I didn't really have any, you know, bad things to say about that per se. But, yeah, I mean, at least it was a great effort, and it put a lot into it, and I was really happy to see that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, we got four points going over to another big star, and uh, let me make sure I read my notes right because I almost said the wrong name. Uh, it is going to Kenny Omega. <laughs> uh, I, I almost said I almost said Viper Kenny Omega. <laughs> Oh, man. Kenny Omega defends the U.S. title over there on that Power Struggle show against a very game Beretta, really giving him a great standout performance to to move on with, and Kenny looks great. And, of course, gets challenged to a match at Wrestle Kingdom by Chris Jericho, of all people. 
It's uh, it's hashtag Alpha versus Omega, Gary, uh, or as they like to say, best in Winnipeg. And boy, I have a hashtag for it, but it's a little R-rated. Uh, <laughs> let's just say hashtag aroused. <laughs> there you go. That's not so R-rated, right? So I am too say too too, too excited about that match. I'm telling you <laughs> right now. I think you found Paul. a clip for an intro if you ever need one, though. <laughs> <laughs> I think I may have to cut that one up and put it in. Oh uh, boy. So, and if you love any of these lines, tell us people send us that and uh, make sure you hit us up. We'll, we'll definitely find those in the intro. Uh, and of course, now we have to give those five points out and crown a superstar of the week. And that person is Tanahashi. Yeah. Hiroshi Tanahashi defends the uh, IWGP Intercontinental title successfully against Kota Ibushi in one of the best matches of the year and certainly might be in the running for match of the year if it wasn't for Okada and Omega breaking the scale. Uh, however, he does get five points here. He will face Jay White at Wrestle Kingdom, who made his uh, grand reveal as the Switchblade uh, to challenge. So, boy, uh, me, me and Sean also reviewed that show over on uh, Part 1. So if you haven't heard that, definitely go listen to that. Me and Sean break everything down, really give our feelings on everything. Uh, but Tanahashi gets five points here. Well-deserved. Hats off to him. He is our Superstar of the Week, Gary. Yeah, for sure. I'm very well-deserved. So congratulations, Tanahashi, for sure. But there you go. That is our show for tonight. We've had a lot of fun. Lots of crazy stuff to talk about, trust me. And and a few disparaging things, but I think, you know, that's the only way we get our therapy is to talk them out. So that's true. Here I am. <laughs> Otherwise, I'd be a miserable, miserable man. Uh, but here we are, guys, and we want to make sure you don't forget to go check out W2Mnet.com, the place where you get all your great wrestling needs and a lot more. Make sure you go hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, you know, if it's iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spreaker.com, or even YouTube, make sure you go hit that subscribe button. And don't forget to go rate and review. We appreciate all of you, all of you that have already done that. Uh, big love over to formalmania.com and last word on prowrestling.com both great supporters of our show we want to support them and yes we have another great week of shows coming your way next week we'll definitely be getting into part one of episode 273 talking ring of honor and news and a lot more stuff that you are not going to want to miss out on and plus part two will have a lot of the great content just like you heard tonight so make sure you go check those shows out i'm really excited about next week and everything that'll be taking place uh, and don't forget to go check out all the other great shows on the network. I- I'm just telling you now, if you're looking for wrestling podcasts and you're hearing us and you're like, I wonder what else is out there. Like I said, go check out all the other ones. There's Wrestling Unwrapped. There's the Running Wild podcast. There's so many on our network, the W2M network, if you haven't heard about that. Make sure you go subscribe there, too, because if you don't want just us, you want a lot of other great wrestling content and other things, make sure you go to that and subscribe there. You know, it's it's a great way to, to get all your needs when it comes to the world of wrestling. Uh, but yes, that's it for tonight. So we thank you once again for joining us. I am Gary Vaughn. He is Paul Leeser, and we will catch you guys down the road. Have a good one, guys. The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions 
in the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. 